Welcome to Direct to Audio, a movie discussions podcast. My name is Spencer, and this is going to be one of my quick review episodes. So we've done these in the past where we had Justice League with Mike, and we had Godzilla vs. Kong with Steven. But I wanted to start doing more movie reviews as movies started to come back to the theater and were becoming more accessible on HBO Max and rental services where we could just do quick reviews. There'd be the spoiler-free portion, tell you my brief thoughts on the movie, and how we normally do this is the spoiler-free portion is everything that you could see in a trailer or things that you might have already known by a plot synopsis. I can tell you where you can go see it, if you should go see it, and my letter grade for it. Now, with a lot of these movies, I will just say you should still go see these movies if you're interested. These reviews I always find helpful to kind of manage my expectations when I'm looking into a movie. I know there have been times where I've seen movie reviews online or I've talked to someone who's already seen the movie, and it's sometimes nice to kind of qualm my expectations a bit because I can go like, okay, you know, it's not going to be the best movie in the world, but it might be a fun little mindless movie. I know we did that for Spiral. It wasn't great, but it was a nice movie just to kind of go back to the theater and see. So hopefully that spoiler-free portion, if you haven't seen the movie, will be useful to you. And then we're going to go probably into a, I don't know, like 10, 15-minute-ish spoiler-filled portion where I break down specific plot points, pretty much just cover anything that you would consider a spoiler if you were looking online. So we're going to start doing these as more movies get released. I know the next one I'm for sure going to do is Halloween Kills. That'll be one of our spooky season episodes because we'll be going to Halloween Horror Nights and I need a really quick episode and I feel like that timeline adds up perfectly. We might do Suicide Squad. We'll probably do the Marvel movies when those come out in the fall. And speaking of Marvel movies, this was actually going to potentially be Black Widow. But we've covered a lot of superhero stuff on the pod. And so I kind of wanted to split away from that and try something different. So today we'll be reviewing Space Jam A New Legacy. Now you know what they say. Sequels for movies are normally really good when you wait over 20 years to make them. Think Godfather Part 3. Think Duke Nukem Forever. That's a video game reference for you video game fans. And you can think of this one. If you are like me and you grew up in the 90s, Space Jam was part of your childhood. Looney Tunes is probably one of my favorite cartoons. That and Scooby-Doo were cartoons that we really watched a lot of. So for me, it's a nostalgic and touchy subject. And I know for a lot of people, that's going to be the same thing. You have to kind of put these in two separate categories because they are technically two different films. And I obviously, they are two different films. But even in the way that they present themselves, they are two different films. In the original Space Jam, the problem is presented to the Looney Tunes. And you're kind of seeing it through their eyes as they try to solve this problem. And Michael Jordan, although he is the main character of the film, the Looney Tunes are really the ones that carry the cinematic weight and kind of carry the plot along. And you just heard Vader chiming in the background, potentially. This movie shifts the roles completely, where LeBron... 
there's Vader again. Hold on. LeBron is the main focal point in the movie, and he is presented with the problem and has to go on and creatively solve what is given to him by recruiting the Looney Tunes. This kind of changed the dynamic of the movie, and not really for the better, in my opinion. I think LeBron, while he is a very funny man, and he has shown his comedic side and elements in other movies and commercials and TV spots, he just feels kind of flat. And I feel like this happens a lot of times when actors aren't working with other humans and you can't really feel the energy of the other character. Being that he's in front of a green screen most of the time and working with directors rather than the actors kind of playing off of it, it just feels like he is reacting to things that he was told, not actually acting. And there are some line deliveries where it just feels like he's just reading the script. And I'm not going to fault LeBron a ton. He's a basketball player first and foremost. He's one of the greatest of all time. That's an argument for another podcast. This is a movie podcast, not a sports one, although that'd be a fun way to kind of do a second pod, just do sports. But he's not an actor. Neither was Michael Jordan. And that's where the movie picked up the slack in Space Jam 1, which still sounds weird to say, where you had Bill Murray, you had Danny DeVito being the main villain, but he was an animated form, and you also had the Looney Tunes cast that was really carrying most of the movie. If you don't know the plot of the movie, it is LeBron's son gets taken into a computer and LeBron has to go in after him and try to save him from this evil entity played by Don Cheadle, which is already weird in itself because he's in a universe with all these other characters Don Cheadle has played characters. It, I don't know. That's never addressed. I would have liked to have seen it addressed that he's like, oh, I saw Don Cheadle's body. Thought it would be a good look for me. And I like took it. I thought that was going to be a joke that was going to come up. It never comes up. That's not really a spoiler. So it is just Don Cheadle in there. It also has Steven Yoon and Sarah Silverman. And I was pretty shocked by that. But I hate going right to negatives first. Um, I'll just I'll quickly do positives. It is fun. There is a lot of really great Looney Tunes energy. The animation looks great at times. There are other times where it just feels like uh, Uncanny Valley almost, where it just it looks a little off. Maybe it's meant to do that to kind of let you know that you're in a video game or a computer, but sometimes it's just too much. Don Sheetle's fantastic. I don't know why he decided to be in this movie. Maybe it's because it's LeBron. Maybe it's because he needed a paycheck. Maybe it's just because he really likes Space Jam 1. I have no idea. Uh, But he gives it his all. And if he didn't do that, this movie would have been worse. I love all the references in this movie. It has a lot of great quips and jokes. The problem is that sometimes it gets too much. It feels like they forego plot. And they forego actual writing to just be like, oh, do you remember this? Here it is. Oh, LeBron, let's take a quick shot at you for leaving Miami and leaving Cleveland. And it just keeps doing that. And if you're not a fan of his sports or you don't know all of these meta references, those lines just fall flat. 
And that's where my biggest issue with this movie is. I don't know who this movie is for. It's not for original Space Jam fans. It barely pays homage to the original. You do see some things in the background that kind of remind you of Space Jam 1. And they do reference some things from the original like twice. That's about it. But it's not for those older fans because the comedy is built for younger audiences. It is very mid-2000s, 2010s era comedy, which doesn't really fit the Looney Tunes. And that's my other gripe with this movie is that the Looney Tunes feel like background characters. They're in the basketball game, but it really does focus heavily on LeBron and his family And it turns more into a familial drama rather than this goofy cartoon comedy. The first one was a cartoon with Michael Jordan in it. This, he's in the cartoony worlds in the just WB Warner Brothers universe, whatever they call it, Superverse, something like that. And it doesn't feel like a cartoon. So I'm not sure who that's for. If you're a younger person now, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the Looney Tunes. And that's another issue there as well. But my biggest thing about this movie is it just feels like the biggest advertisement for HBO Max. And I'm going to get into why I say that. And if you've seen the movie, you will know what I mean. They just are like, hey, here's all the stuff Warner Brothers has done. And they literally just throw it up on you. And I think... Sometimes that gets in the way. You'll have fun watching it, I think. I kind of got a little bored halfway through because this movie's long. The original Space Jam is an hour and 28 minutes. This one's almost two hours. It doesn't need the extra 30 minutes. And it's hard with sequels. I know this is not trying to be a direct sequel. I know it's a new legacy. But you're always going to be compared to the original. And I think they did a decent enough job of separating themselves from the original But the problem is, is when your plot revolves around you playing basketball with cartoon characters, you can't forego that too much because then it just makes no sense. Overall, if you have kids or you really like the original Space Jam, give it a watch. I mean, it is free on HBO Max if you have HBO Max. If you want to take a kid to the theater to go see it, sure. They'll probably laugh, have a decent enough time. Um, That's what most anime movies are. I mean, the original Space Jam, again, is not a good movie. It is really beloved now because of nostalgia purposes. Do not say it was a good movie because it's a fun movie and it does its job. But again, I think if you're going into this already going to hate Space Jam New Legacy, then yeah, you're going to hate it. Um, I went into this really excited because I really do like LeBron. I love the Looney Tunes and I was excited to see what they would be able to do with this modernized take. It's just disappointing that they kind of got rid of the core elements of what Space Jam was to ham fist in HBO Max stuff. Sequels are always tough. And that's why there's always lists of like, hey, what are the best sequels? Because there are very few and far in between. This movie sadly falls into the realm, if you haven't already picked up on it, of... Just not cutting it. If I'm giving it a letter grade, I'm going to say C-. minus. I think the animation looks great. Sometimes I love how the Looney Tunes look. 
Daffy Duck is probably my favorite character in this movie because they really just give him the best lines. And I think the basketball element, while it's fun and it's going to visually look really nice and some people are going to be like, wow, this is really cool. I just think overall it's not a two-hour full-length movie. Could have been cut down. You don't need to see the first one to see this one and vice versa. I think you can forever watch Space Jam and never talk about this one. Or if you like this one, you can forever watch this and just never watch the original. And that's totally up to you, and that's totally fine. I know some people are like, oh my gosh, you have to watch the original. It's a classic. That's because you grew up watching it. Like, that's my biggest gripe. Like what you like. Enjoy it. I didn't really like this movie. I just didn't connect with it. But I am sure 20 years from now, there will be people talking about how great they felt watching Space Jam A New Legacy and how it spoke to them in the ways that Space Jam did to us. I hope that's the case because that means that the movie did its job. But I don't really... I don't think I'm going to hold my breath on that. And we're going to get into some spoilery stuff. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. If you don't really care and you want to listen to more spoilers, go right ahead. I will just say my first point is not super spoilery. Um, but we'll jump right into this. Why do all the background Warner Brothers characters look like cosplays? That's my biggest gripe with this movie. You are playing it off like, oh, we're in the Warner Brothers universe. All of our creative properties are here. We have everybody from every movie. I mean, we go to Casablanca land. We go to Harry Potter world. We go to literally the DC cartoon superhero world. Then they bring all those characters to the actual basketball game. And none of them look like the characters that they are trying to look like. The biggest gripe for me is they have, right behind Don Cheadle, a really shitty-looking Arnold Schwarzenegger Mr. Freeze look-alike. Like, I thought he was a ghost. He has, like, gaunt facial features. And then you look at Pennywise looks okay. And they have, like, a really weird-looking Catwoman from 1966. None of it looks right. And if you're going to try to sell me that, oh, these are our characters... Why not then just make them CG? You are already in a full-on CGI mess of a universe right now because there's nothing. You're looking at nothing. You're looking at Don Cheadle and LeBron James and green screen. And it's supposed to be a video game world. I do love the playoff NBA jam. I think that's really cool. Classic game. But again, your audience right now has not played NBA jam. They don't know what NBA jam is. So if you're trying to do that, who are you trying to have this movie before? But all the characters in the background, while I do love the references, and I love being able to look back and be like, okay, wow, there's the Joker from 1989's Batman. There's one of the Joker's goons. There's the Iron Giant. There's King Kong, Scooby-Doo, the Flintstones. You can see them all. When there's a person in a costume, they look like they're attending a convention. And it really just takes you out of it. I don't know how you could have done it. I think CGI would have probably been the best way to go about it, having some people, or I don't know, just spend more money on costumes or makeup. I know when you have a lot of people, it's probably just quick rush, but then make sure you put the best ones up front or have them behind like a little bit of a blur and be out of focus 
so I'm not looking at weird, anemic Mr. Freeze. It, that just is really weird to me. Okay, so now we'll go into more spoilery spoilers. Who is the good guy in this movie? It's weird because LeBron is not portrayed as the hero. He is portrayed as a bad dad who is way too strict, who doesn't want his kids to have fun in their own way. He just wants them to focus on basketball like he did. And I get that. It's a great plot point that you can turn it around and you can drive that he's changing. But I wasn't rooting for him. Like his son was finally getting respected and all the goon squad characters are nice. They're just playing basketball. Unlike the Monstars in the first one where they are literally just kicking the hell out of the Toon Squad. And they are portrayed as the villains. Michael has to overcome this to go back home. He never is negative towards the Toons. The only person that is the butt of the jokes is Wayne Knight. And even he is trying to help stop the Monstars. The Looney Tunes, or mostly Bugs Bunny is also not a nice person. LeBron says, hey, I need to get my son back. We got to play this game of basketball. Here's all these characters, and he's smart about it. Superman, King Kong, Iron Giant, and Bugs Bunny personally sabotages all of it, which doesn't make sense to me why LeBron wouldn't just be like, hey, no, Superman's right there in that train sequence, which I thought was funny because, again, Daffy Duck was great in this. And... Nope, just settles for the Toon Squad. So that just felt really weird. It it just portrayed really weird. Because LeBron isn't really a nice guy until probably three-fourths in the movie, which is an hour and a half. But here's the issue with that. And you might be saying, Spencer, that's the point of the movie. That's the plot. They wrote that so that LeBron could overcome his issues. Okay, I get it. LeBron James is one of the most polarizing people in NBA history. His fans love him and say he's the greatest of all time, so they want to cheer for him. His detractors say, this dude's a bum or he's never going to be Michael Jordan and they critique every move he does. So if you portray him in a negative light right off the bat, you're alienating his fans that came to watch this movie because they like him. Because now they're like, do I root for LeBron? I don't understand. If you're not a fan of LeBron and you're watching this movie, it's just fueling you to not root for LeBron. And the Looney Tunes aren't in it enough to be able to lighten that load. And again, Bugs Bunny, not that nice of a dude. He almost screws over Lola Bunny's attempt to be an Amazon, which was bizarre. Cool, the animation style was amazing, but it's a bizarre sentence to say, oh, Lola Bunny's an Amazon. Also, real quick, Zendaya being in it as Lola Bunny, not terrible. She doesn't really add anything. The voice isn't really obvious, and she doesn't really have a lot of prominent speaking roles. She has a couple points where she says things, but that's about it. She's kind of just there for namesake, I'm assuming, just to get eyes on the product. 
But in a movie with LeBron and the Looney Tunes, I don't know how necessary that actually is. But now we can talk about the Goon Squad and themselves. I love that they had great NBA and WNBA players come into this movie. I love that they include the WNBA. It's about damn time. They look like video game characters. I don't know. It's weird because everything doesn't look the same in this video game world. The Looney Tunes look pretty realistic for being cartoon characters when they're transformed. The Goon Squad looks like cheap knockoff video game characters, which I get when you're watching the kid make his video game because he's 12 years old, which I'm not even going to get into that. Kid makes an entire NBA-based game with licensed characters in there and has millions of people watching around the globe. I'm just not even going to get started into that can of worms. But then when they go into the WB server, the characters that he helped create didn't get enhanced by Don Sheetle's super magic. They just look off. And then we get, I mean, I'm getting flashbacks to Mummy 2 with The Rock looking like the Scorpion King when Don Sheetle becomes super Don Sheetle at the end to try to stop LeBron James and becomes a cheat code, as everyone says, which is not a thing. Um, That'd be downloadable content this time around. But he looked horrible. And again, I don't understand why they wouldn't look a little bit crisper if it's his universe and they're on WB's dime, but who knows. We also saw the people that they have behind with all their costumes on, so you can assume that the budget ran out only on the court. So I think what this movie really misses is... A punching bag comedic element and that might be a trope that's going away kind of but it's not it's not really like this movie tries to do it with lebron's manager who they kind of just throw at you and they don't actually establish as a character really until he's just like in the wb meeting but wayne knight when you're looking at space jam one he is the comedic element the looney tunes is doing their thing Michael's doing his thing, and Wayne Knight is the bridge in between the two. He is the Looney Tune character as a human. They need that element, and they try to make that with this character, the manager, but he's barely in it, and it kind of just pushes him to the side, like, oh, here's like two minutes of screen time. Try to be funny. I'm going to try to stop being negative here. Um, if you like this movie, you've already turned this off, and you'll probably never listen again, but that's okay. Everyone has their own opinions. One thing that kind of made me sad was that there wasn't that soundtrack that just changed the movie. Like, I think of Space Jam, and weirdly enough, that's where I believe I Can Fly came from. That song carries the beginning of the movie and then you get one of the best hype up jams that's still played to this day with that space jam iconic intro why didn't someone remake that song get modern rappers and modern artists to recreate that song what i think of when i'm kind of referencing that is dreamworks 
in Illumination did the new How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Benedict Cumberbatch in it. That's a whole other story for another time. But what they did was they took Tyler, the creator, and a bunch of his rappers from, oh, I can't think of their name of their kind of super group. It's Odd Future. Um, I'm not sure if it's all of Odd Future, but anywho. And they remade the Your Mean One, Mr. Grinch song. Is it good? That's not for me to decide. I don't mind it. However, just like with the movie, a lot of people don't like when you redo a classic. But what it does is it introduces that to a newer audience and it creates new fans. So I'm not sure why you wouldn't have new artists come in and redo that classic Space Jam song. But beyond just that, it had the Monstars song. It had Basketball Jones with Chris Rock in it for some reason. But it had a soundtrack that is beloved by a lot of people. I mean, I know for myself, I had that CD in my car when I was in high school and college, and we would just jam and listen to it because it was a fun, nostalgic experience. So you can create that again and also bring awareness to modern artists, and it also brings, it also allows the viewer, if they're a younger viewer, to recognize their favorite artists and say, wow, they're in here too, also branching out and connecting to them in a different way. This movie doesn't know who it's for. It really doesn't. It's referencing old Warner Brothers IP, which younger audiences won't really recognize. There'll be some that will go, oh, I know that one, but most likely they're not going to see that. They don't really know NBA Jam. They don't really know the Looney Tunes because that's a property that hasn't really been explored in modern times. And I'm not really sure how familiar they are with Don Cheadle. So it's a little strange. And if you're, again, a fan of the old Space Jam, this one is so far away from it, except for the amazing joke, and I will just say it was the best part of the movie, was when Sylvester brings in Michael B. Jordan instead of Michael Jordan, and then their reaction to it. And my favorite little joke was... Daffy Duck walks by with his pad and it says trade Sylvester on it. I laughed so hard at that part. Um, but that whole bit's fun. I did kind of wish that Michael B. Jordan would have suited up kind of like Bill Murray and just kind of played along because one, again, if you're a fan and you're watching this, that's a cool moment to be like, oh, wow, that's Michael B. Jordan. Um, but that's just me. And then you also see the smaller versions of the monsters. I can't remember what the characters are at the time right now. But um, you see them in the crowd cheering, which is weird because they should be cheering for Don Cheadle's character because they don't like the Looney Tunes. Um, but who knows? It also references that Lola Bunny is really good at basketball. And it's weird that they, they meta-reference that, but then... When they go to play basketball again, they don't reference that they've played basketball before, and they don't reference that they were a team called the Toon Squad. So I just don't know. Are we supposed to reference Space Jam? Are we not? I, it's strange because you could see LeBron being like, okay, you know, maybe we can get the superhero guys, but now I see what you're doing. We're getting the Toon Squad back together. But no, he's like against getting all the other characters. And I don't know. It's a bit strange to me. Let me just give a quick shout out to Ernie Johnson, Elevator Ernie. If you're a fan of the uh, NBA on TNT, 
you will know him from being the host on there for, I mean, I think now it's like over like 30 something years, but that was really great to see. Although Lil Ray Howery was too much for me. I'm sure that younger audiences will like him because he is a very modernized comedian. But for me, it just was a little too much. If you're a basketball fan, you should enjoy a lot of the meta references to LeBron's career. They do reference a lot that he's been traded a lot. His loyalty kind of falls over the place. I did like, I'm not sure if this is a reference to him, but when LeBron said, oh, Superman, I could have used him on the Cavs. I think that was a dig at Shaquille O'Neal because Shaquille O'Neal calls himself Superman. And he was on the Cavs with LeBron, but he wasn't the good Shaquille O'Neal. So that was a fun little nugget there, I think. It references the infamous alley-oop from uh, the season with the Miami Heat when Dwayne Wade lobs it up, LeBron dunks it, and you know Dwayne does the arms out. That was in the trailer. That was a cool little shot there. But the basketball sometimes takes a back seat. You normally focus on the action, and I get that it's supposed to be a video game, but the rules don't make sense because they're getting like hundreds and thousands of points, and at the end of the game, they're doing all these crazy dunks and shots. Each one's worth two. Like LeBron does a double jump dunk, with people on his back, and he gets two points to barely win the game. Whereas the windmill dunk got a bonus that was like 100 points. I don't know. Something that could have been explained a little bit more, but that's just a little nitpick. I loved when the tunes finally became tunes. Like when Wile E. Coyote, who is one of my favorite Looney Tunes, him and the Roadrunner were my favorites. So, so great to see them get prominent roles at times. When he brings out the machine that clones... And, trans- and pumps out like multiple basketballs and he gets sucked through it. I laughed at that part. But then we're going to get to the moment that everybody talked about on Twitter, the notorious PIG scene. Now, I get it. It's a goofy cartoon comedy for kids. As I've said before, they falter in a lot of different ways and they're not trying to appease you the old viewer of space jam i thought this was cringy when i first saw it online but i think in the context of the movie it's not as bad as it was originally i think it's a fun meta reference to a modernized joke i mean they had a pulp fiction reference in the original one they had them fish the uh shorts off the bigger charles barkley version of the monster and we got to see his butt cheeks like there was weird cringy comedy moments back then too this is just trying to have a modern joke in there and i can see a lot of people rolled their eyes the rap isn't that great but he's a cartoon pig from the 1930s i don't think it's supposed to be um it does come after a funny moment with bugs bunny doing like old-timey refereeing and it messes with the game but you know, if that's going to be your biggest takeaway and you're going to pick on that and say, oh, that part sucked, I think there's worse parts to pick out, but I don't think that was, you know, anything super over-the-top egregious. I didn't really my I didn't really mind. I didn't really care for it. It was kind of just like, okay, this is a moment. But overall, I mean, I've kind of rambled on for a little bit. It is a new, it's Space Jam, a new legacy. The word legacy is the part that kind of confuses me because you're not paying homage to the original while you kind of pay homage to the original are you trying to replace the original is this a sequel is this a remake 
it doesn't really know what it wants to be. And I think that's the part that's kind of sad in all of this. I know they tried to make sequels in the past because I know they wanted to do like different athletes. I think they had like Tony Hawk and Tiger Woods and stuff like that. They wanted to make another Space Jam. And I think that would have gone the route of just being god awful. And I think that would have tarnished the original one. They started to just add a bunch of sports. Now, what I will say is they should have done Space Jam 2 with Michael Jordan, but playing baseball. And the Toon Squad would have lost because that dude was not good. Even if the catcher was telling him all the calls, which, like, basically was the Houston Astros in the 90s. We'll just say that right now. Um, but it would have. It would have tarnished the original because it would have just diluted like those um, Airbud sequels and Most Valuable Primate, and it just would have gone to like comedic '90s crap movies. Not to say that Space Jam isn't, but Space Jam avoided that and got this legacy, and it got this nostalgia factor because it was so unique, and it was the only one at its time. This one being added, I don't think it adds anything to the original. I don't think it takes away anything from the original either. I think that it's its own kind of standalone thing, which is weird when it kind of copies the original. Right now, this movie is getting some reviews, and its average, based on the reviews I look at, is a 48.33. The original was a 65.5. I can see those kind of leveling out and being very similar once more reviews start to come in. This one will probably be a little bit less because you're going to have people review bombing it because they love the original that always happens with sequels or remakes things like that it just is a natural sad trend of the way we look at reviews i think this movie gets rid of the part that made space jam one so great and it was the zany goofy references and just the looney tunes-esque aspect lebron even mentions in the movie like we need to cut the looney out we need to play basketball and then says, oh, let's bring Looney out. But at that point, it's just too late. We needed the Looney Tune stuff to come through. Even with the original Space Jam, they do focus on basketball. But the Looney Tunes aspect doesn't go away as much because the runtime is shorter. So the period where there is no Looney Tune stuff is a lot quicker, or it feels that way, in regards to the runtime versus this one. I'm going to wrap this one up, though. Um... I think that's just what this is. This falls in the reboot category. If you don't care about reboots and you didn't really like the first one or you don't mind this one, that's cool. Like, that's on you. I'm not a big fan. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, I won't go out of my way to watch it again. But if someone said, hey, we're going to watch Space Jam 2 or Space Jam A New Legacy, I'd say, okay. I probably wouldn't pay attention the whole time. There'd be parts that I'd focus on. Um, but that's about it. I mean, to be fair... That's probably with Space Jam as well. So, thanks for listening. Give it a watch. It's on HBO Max if you have that. And it was nice to be at home, pop some popcorn. If you're looking for a movie to go see in the theater, I would say watch Black Widow. We just saw that. It's definitely a movie built for the theater with the action sequences and the sound. Um, That was okay, too. That was probably better than this. Um, But that's a movie theater experience. This one with its you know what this one with its elements because it has a lot of cg and it has a lot of like over the top shots um it could be fun on the big screen i think you might have a good time but don't go in expecting a masterpiece 
That's what I'll say. I think that's better. Um, support the directors and the actors and you know the creators. And if you want to go see a movie and give them some money, by all means, that's always great to do. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Next week, we're going to have a great episode with Max. It's his birthday month. And we'll be ranking and reviewing all live-action Batman movies. So I'm super pumped for this one. Uh, we are both huge Batman fans. And I'm hoping it's under two hours. But thank you for listening. As always, please share. Um, support physical media if you can. Buy Blu-rays, DVDs, VHSs, laser discs, uh, old film reels. No, but support it if you can. Uh, if you don't have the funds or space, I understand completely. So watch and rent movies. Support the pod, like I said. Share with your friends. Share with your enemies. Follow us on Instagram at Direct2Audio. Follow us on Twitter at PodDirect. If you want to be on the pod or want me to cover a specific movie, message me on those platforms. And as always, be kind and please rewind. Intro song from YouTube Audio Library by DJ Williams. Audio recordings by Clean Feed. Logo created by David Lucas. Purring by Storm.